0: Good morning. Happy Sabbath. May the Lord bless this wonderful day that he has given us and may he also bless the message that he is trying to give us today. Uh, The fact is that uh, tomorrow is Father's Day and uh, it's important that we remember this wonderful day because all fathers... Are important people, we must recognize that without them, a lot of things may not happen within God's family. Father, we think of our good Jonah. <laughs> you might wonder, um, is today's story going to be... Jo- yes, today's story is going to be something to do with Jonah. Um, deepest depth... Of my heart and that's what I thought I would title today's uh, sermon deepest depth of my heart and it's a whale of a story but as I was preparing for this there's something that happened um, in the news <laughs> there was this uh, what what's what was his name uh, the, uh, Michael Packard right he was a lobster diver um, at Cape Cod Massachusetts and uh, he was swallowed by a whale and i thought god what's happening here (laughs) i've been preparing this and thinking about this for some time but you know the lord provided this and it's sort of like um helping me understand you know the kind of controversy one would face when you think about a big fish or a whale swallowing a person you know and jonah's story is always full of controversy actually a lot of people um, don't actually believe that this could have happened. But, you know, you can, you can read here, mm-hmm. you know, how people are interpreting this. But, as we go in into this story, in the book of Jonah, in the Bible, we have this knowledge that Jonah, from Joppa, decides to run away from an errand that the Lord gives him something that uh, really must have been you know, uh, a, a huge uh, a push for him to decide to do a 2,500-mile journey by sea. You know, at that time, this is a difficult thing. It's not every day that you get to uh, go in a ship. And nobody wanted, actually, to go in a ship. Because it is a dangerous voyage. The sea is unpredictable. Jonah chooses to do this even though there is danger involved. He wants to go all the way to Tarshish, where there's no God, no temple, and no Ninevites. I'm not going to go deep into this story and tell you the story, because I think you know this story. If I did that, probably you're going to, you know, well... Curse me, perhaps, yeah, because you have heard it so many times. But, you know, the veracity of this story is established just by the fact that Christ actually referred to this story and spoke about this, that the people of Nineveh will be up at the judgment. And he was talking about this generation. He was saying that they would condemn the generation that was there at the time of Jesus. Now, if it wasn't true, Jesus wouldn't have referred to this. So, we come to the story. I'm not going to tell you the story I told you. We are going to skim through it. God says, now, arise, go to Nineveh. And he has a message for Jonah to bring to Nineveh, that God's going to overturn that city in 40 days. And Jonah decides in his mind, this is not what he wants to do. And he has his reasons. We are not gonna debate his reasons, but we are going to explore a little bit of Jonah's mind. We're gonna explore a little bit of the minds of the people that were involved in the story. And so, by verse three, you find Jonah decides to flee, yeah? You know, I wonder sometimes. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my Bible and uh, I am looking at, for instance, um, Elisha, yeah? Um, you find he's a prophet, he predicted the famine in Israel, he, he fe- was fed by ravens, he, was raised, as a, a, he raised a Sidonian uh, widow's son, uh, he defeated the prophets of Baal, and uh, he ran from Jezebel, uh, prophesied death of Azariah. Okay, and then I look at Elisha, for instance, and then it says he purified bad water, uh, he uh, cursed the young man, the bear killed him, yeah, and then he aided Israel in the defeat of Moab, Uh, provided the widow with oil, and then he raised a Shunammite woman's son. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's difficult to relate to what our Elijah or Elisha or Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, you know. It's difficult. But when it comes to Jonah, (laughs) down-to-earth guy, (laughs) we can so easily relate to him. There's a... Angry fellow, pouting, um, a little bit suicidal maybe, yeah. But very easy to identify with, yeah. So here we are, Jonah decides to run. And of course he's on that ship, he pays the fare, he gets into the ship, goes down into the hole and, you know, he decides to sleep. And he has this deep sleep. And while he's sleeping, the ship moves, gets out of port. And what you end up is that the Lord decides to stop Jonah. And so you have a wind that comes up, builds into a storm. And the sailors, oh, we have to talk about these sailors for sure. Because, you know, these nobody puts a novice on a... 2,500 mile journey, especially at a time, you know, when it was, you know, sail ships, depending on the wind and depending on the expertise of these men to bring the ship across. So nobody puts a novice on a ship, not at this time. So here you have these veteran sailors. The storm is so bad. They decide that they're going to take all the stuff in the hold and they are throwing it all out so that they could lighten the boat. And so you have Jonah sleeping. And they're all praying. Who's praying? All these other people. All these veteran sailors. They are, they are approaching their own guards. They are praying to this god and to that god, and whatever. Save us. And so you have the situation where the person in charge goes down to the hold to check perhaps, whether all the stuff has been emptied, and they see, here's this man, sleeping. (laughs) Wake up. Pray to your God. Maybe there's a chance that we might escape this. Pray to your God. Note the point, yeah. Note the point, because I think it's an important point. So, the sailors decide they will cast lots, and when they do cast lots, (laughs) it ends up that Jonah is the cause of this great storm. And so Jonah has already told them that uh, he escaped. He's escaping, fleeing from the Lord. And when they ask him what they should do, note the point again. Jonah says, throw me overboard. Throw me out into the sea. We don't see the sailors doing that. Yeah, we don't see the sailors doing that. Immediately, they, they, they are trying, they're they are trying to roll back, you know. I really am uh, concerned because Jonah could have very easily said, um, Guys, I'm the one that's at fault. Let me pray to my God. Let me repent of what I have done. Let me tell God that this was the wrong thing for me to do. You realize that Jonah doesn't do that. Jonah prefers to die as compared to approaching God to ask him for forgiveness. He's not looking to try in any way to make his decision any smaller than it is. You know, the decision... To run from God. Well, the thing is, our good uh, Michael Packard in uh, Cape Cod was swallowed (laughs) by a whale. He just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, And, you know, the fact that a whale opens its mouth some 90 degrees and it just goes out whooshing in the water and then slams shut With everything that it has in front of it in the mouth and then it chooses what it wants and what it doesn't want it spits out and it chose to spit out Michael Packard well he came out with injuries because it wasn't a place that was accommodating enough for his for the size of his body we are told in the story that um, God provided a big fish because the men had no choice because when they rode double hard to try to get back, it turns out that the storm got worse. God wasn't too happy with that decision. Anyway, it ends up because of Jonah's unrepentant heart and his choice to be thrown overboard, God had to do something to save him. Sometimes it's like that with us, aren't we? You know, we, we, we've made our decisions. We have got everything pat, you know, and we don't want to shift too much. We have our beliefs that are so strong in our mind that sometimes we don't have the flexibility to allow for God or allow for anyone for that matter to bring about anything that will change that decision. And so you have the situation. The sailors, after praying and saying, God, don't hold this against us, they throw him out into the water. And Jonah, the Bible says, was picked up. Rather, it says, the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish three days, three nights. I I, I suspect that uh, that great fish might have been Leviathan, you know, The Bible talks about the Leviathan, a very huge sea creature, a fish perhaps. I don't know. It doesn't tell me exactly what it is, but I believe God would have commanded the Leviathan to come and just pick this man up. And Jonah spends three days, three nights in there. Michael Packard couldn't have spent three days, three nights in that whale's mouth. It's impossible. Uh, It was too small. It was too crammed. Yeah? But this is a story, and you know what? Jesus certifies this story as true. Then we come to the second chapter of Jonah. Here you find, (laughs) I'm reading through this prayer, and I'm thinking, you know, Jonah has, you know, a change of heart, perhaps, you know, now that he's in the fish, and... uh, here you find this whole thing, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me from the depth of the grave, I called for help. And so, you know, if I can count this, there's at least about 15 eyes and my's and wow, very urgent message, very urgent prayer, a frantic one, a desperate one, and very selfish one too because it's all about him and nothing else. I guess that's what mattered, because I presume maybe he wants to live. I wonder why. I wonder why he decided that they should throw him overboard, if he wanted to live that much. So, I am looking at this prayer of his deeper. And I'm looking at this verse 8 in that prayer. And, you know, Jonah says, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. And what I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. Salvation comes from the Lord. Our text today our reading. Verse 8 makes me feel a little for Jonah. So here, Jonah in the fish, you know, he is in that fish and he is praying this to God and he's saying those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Troubles me a little. Troubles me a little. Here's a guy. Here's a guy who is on the run. He's fleeing from the Lord. <laughs> and then our psalmist says, Where can I, where can I go? Where can I hide from you? Even in that fish, God is still listening to him. God is still looking after him, keeping him alive. And Jonah is saying something here that comes from the bottom of his heart, the deepest depth of his heart. This is what he believes. A little sad for Zona, don't you actually, if you come to think of it. Who were the sailors? The sailors who refused to throw him into the sea. Hey, there were others. They were not God's people, so to speak. They were others. And they were worshipping idols and so forth. But God loves them as much as he loves Jonah. That's the reality that Jonah is missing here. And these were the people that were really tooting for Jonah, looking for him, looking after him. Never mind, never mind that. Let's leave the sailors. Let's leave the sailors. Let's think about that Captain of that boat that went down into the hold, Jonah was sleeping, and then he shakes him up and he says, "Look, get up. what are you doing? What, why are you sleeping at a time like this when everything is going down?" Jonah, pray to your God." <laughs> Who said that? Was that a believer and someone that knew God and so, 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 so well that he would expect that Jonah would do that, no? We don't see that. We said that they were the others, us and them philosophy. Sometimes it's difficult for us to look at a God, at the God, the creator of the entire universe, all of this earth, the one who formed all the peoples of this earth as well. It's difficult to imagine that that God would not love all of these other people. Salvation comes from the Lord. It's his. It's his. Nobody can deny that. So here, go to Nineveh. Of course, you know the story where you find Jonah is spit out of that big fish onto dry land, and Jonah, God gives him a second chance to go in there, And to preach to this people, the Ninevites. Who are the Ninevites, by the way? You know, as I was reading up on this, and I realized that actually the Ninevites were, you know, the descendants of Shem, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, Noah. So in reality, this is actually what? It's between relations. You know, they're all related in some form or the other. And so here you have Jonah refusing to go to the Ninevites. And I was asking myself, why? You know, I told you it's kind of easy to identify with Jonah. I find it easy. And so today, as I'm exploring this, I realize that the Ninevites, the Assyrians, they have been a very cruel people. If they would capture somebody, if you are a captive, you are a prisoner or something, um, the Ninevites would treat you very badly. And if they were to torture you, they would torture you in the most unimaginable ways. Like peel off your skin, you know, alive, yeah, not after you're dead. Um, If they didn't like somebody, they would perhaps even tie ropes to their hands and to their legs and put it on four horses and run the four directions so you will be split, north, south, east, and west. I can understand Jonah. Yes, yeah, yeah. You can hate a people like that. It's very easy. But Jonah really did not want to do this. And God makes him walk in there, makes him go to Nineveh. He wants him to work on this. But, you know, sometimes some of the things that we face... uh, you find they don't necessarily come from the good side of things. Sometimes we are tempted. Like I, I, I feel that some part of Jonah, even though it's righteous in a sense, yeah, because these people deserve that. Yeah? These people deserve that. Um, I feel that sometimes Satan is at work using us And we have to be very careful how we approach how God wants for us to react and do the things that he wants for us to do. So let's be very careful as we come to look at this, Jonah's story. Well, Jonah walks in into Nineveh. One day's journey, and he begins his preaching, and he says, 40 days, and you will be overturned. This whole country, this dynasty, it's all going to be destroyed. 40 days. (laughs) And you know what? It wasn't like a half an hour message or a one hour message. I'm shamed. He just said these things, and he went on, through that country. Three days' journey. And in the process, you know what? The people changed. Their hearts were changed. The deepest depth of their hearts was touched by God. So, it makes me wonder whether this was because God touched them, Or whether it was Jonah preached this in such a way that they they, they were scared and they did whatever was required in the process. Of course, when you go back to the text in Matthew where Jesus is talking about it, he attributes this success to Jonah. Jonah preached. But here, the Ninevites believed God, you know, They believed that this message was coming from the Lord, from God Himself. And so, they decided they would obey. And I, I, I guess somewhere, you know, in their hearts, in the deepest depth of their heart, they knew the God of Noah. You know, because these, remember, are people that came from that progeny. And so, from the least of them to the greatest... All of them, they put on sackcloth. And, you know, the amazing thing here, when Jonah starts off, he starts off with the common people in the street. He's not talking to the king or he's not talking to uh, anybody that is royalty. But, you know, grassroots up, it takes effect. You know, in the story, as I was thinking about it too, when I think of, uh, you know, Jonah doing an exit stage left. (laughs) As soon as God says go. Jonah was afraid. He was afraid that God would forgive these people. In his heart, he doesn't want these people to be forgiven. Because he doesn't want them to be forgiven, (coughs) he is looking at God's judgment if i think of jonah being thrown overboard if god had judged him then well the fish wouldn't have come to pick him up the depths of the sea probably would have been where jonah would have ended but god somehow chose to exercise his mercy as opposed to judgment and so today we have you know this big question God brings about the change in people's hearts. God can move people to do things that he wants them to do. And it's important that we follow what God is asking for us to do. And if we think that we stand, heed lest we fall. Well, this is a story that God is bringing to us today. You know, the entire bunch of Ninevites decide that they will no longer be the cruel people that they have been thus far, and so the Ninevites changed. How about Jonah? In his heart, was he able to accept the fact that, you know, God loves these people? Do we have the same kind of divide in us, us and them? Do we look at ourselves as a privileged class that somehow is what you call uh, entitled to God's love and that the others are not? How are we to? How are we to do this? And Jonah is very fixed in his mind, in his heart. And he he really wants that God would be judgmental as far as these people are concerned. To him, you know, God was merciful. Well, whatever is written in the past, it's been written so that we... Sorry? Uh, I have to go through the cycle, sorry, yeah. Okay, there you are. So whatever was written in the past, it was written for our instruction so that we will gain what God intends for us in the message. Today, does Jonah have the right to be angry, to be frustrated? I guess, in a sense, he does. Because, you know, if you think about how bad the Ninevites have been The Assyrians have been. Um, Jonah has every reason to feel angry. Every reason. But when it comes to God, when it comes to God, God is trying to teach Jonah a lesson. He's trying to teach us a lesson. You know, that storm that comes by, the wind, you know, the, 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 the waves, the fish the worm, you know, that vine that grows up. You know the story, so I'm not going to go into the details of that story because we should finish quickly now. Time's running. All of that, everything that God did was to try to teach Jonah that lesson, that lesson of love, that, you know, at the end of the day, God is a God who loves is the God of mercy. There's a time for judgment. No doubts about that. There's a time for judgment. But the time is not now. And I'm glad it's not now because I need all the mercy I can get because, you know, I know for sure that my life isn't everything that it should be. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. You know, we were just doing the Sabbath school lesson just now and, you know, Um, Somehow the topic turned around to how so few people actually want to do God's work. When God calls, what do we do? When the pastor calls, what do we do? When the nominating committee, which shouldn't be too far away, it should be happening sometime now, yeah? Uh, Where the nominating committee is being formed and they would approach people to take on responsibilities. Things that God wants done for his church. What do we do? We say no. Some of us will avoid getting into contact uh, by fleeing, yeah, being away. But yeah, let's think about those things because these are real feelings. These are real people and this story is a real story. God leaves it (laughs) open-ended. I guess there's a reason for that. And the reason could be that you and I need to think about this story. You and I have to bring an end to the story. It lives on in our lives. I don't know where we will go, but I know this one thing. In the deepest depth of my heart, I know that salvation belongs to the Lord. May the Lord add his blessings to our message this morning. God bless. Let us pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, that you are with us. That you're patient enough, Lord. That you have all the attributes that, dear Father, make you our Father. As we explore, Father, moving with you, having that relationship with you, we know that, Lord, you are dependable. And it's from you that our Father's on earth, dear Lord, Draw the example. We thank you for your mercies, Lord. It is only through your mercies that we are able to survive each day. We know Satan is trying his level best, dear Lord, to move our hearts in the wrong direction, to flee from you if possible. Help us, Father, to remember that you will always hold us in the palm of your hands, Lord. Our names are written, Lord, in the palm of your hands. The very palms, Father, that have the marks of that nail, Lord, the compassion, the love. Help us that in our deepest depth, we will know this. Today as we come, we have come as your people. As we go, help us to realize that there are many more out there that you love, that we have to reach. Grant us wisdom and counsel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.